0: I'm Patricia Grabarek, And I'm Katina Sawyer. And welcome to the Worker Being Podcast. So today, Katina, you've got an article for us. What's it about? Yes, I do. So my article today is about socioeconomic status and well-being outcomes during COVID-19. So we're going to be talking about how your access to socioeconomic resources, specifically income and education level, impacted or might have impacted well-being during COVID-19. Interesting.
1: It's interesting to see these studies come out to kind of get a sense of what's going on right now. But I'm sure there needs to be like a follow up in the future. Yes. After we're kind of, quote, wrapped up this whole thing. Well,
0: that is very good foreshadowing because some of the um, results that they found are kind of counterintuitive. But part of what they think is going on is that it's possible that these are short term effects, but... The long-term effects of COVID on well-being are still TBD, right? So, um, so there's a little bit of like a counter, some counterintuitive findings in here, but they're not sure how those will hold up, get better, get worse, et cetera, over the course of time. So, um, that's a very good setup for what I think is one of the actual like limitations of the study.
1: Okay, well, interesting. Well, before we dive into that, I am curious to hear all these results. Let's just check in
0: with us, though. How are you doing? What's going on? I'm doing good. I am um, currently at my parents' house in Philadelphia. Um, We are about to leave, as you know, but our listeners don't know. We're about to take (laughs) a week um, in the Outer Banks. And so we leave on Saturday. Our anniversary, our four-year wedding anniversary is tomorrow. So um, yeah, it's exciting. I can't believe it's four years. It's like so weird. But um, but, yeah, so we're going to spend a week in a house on the beach, and I think it'll just be nice. Like, we both have some stuff that we have to get done from a work perspective, but it'll just be a nice change of scene to be somewhere else than our house because we haven't been anywhere else than our house since March. So yeah. uh, I think it'll just be, like, a nice change of change of scene and, like, pretty scenery and all that kind of stuff. Um, so I'm excited for that, and uh, I am at my parents because we are leaving our dog – with them because um he is annoying and we don't want him on vacation (laughs) (laughs) I was actually just about to ask
1: what's happening with Donnie is he going to the beach too but I guess not
0: (laughs) we thought about bringing him to the beach but truly the the thing that really there are two things one he hates the car he's so nervous in the car he hates it so much and it's a five and a half hour drive which would be the longest drive he's ever been on and he like doesn't even like like a two hour drive or three hour drive like coming here he was like totally panicked and like almost threw up and all that kind of stuff so um so one is that it's a really long drive and so we're not sure that we want to put him through that torture once he got there he would probably love it like the beach and everything like that but he can't be off leash because he'll just run away and we'll never see him again because he's just like (laughs) a crazy terrier but um the the true reason is that The reviews on Airbnb said that there's something going on with the patio or like the porch that the dog can get under the house and then run (gasps) out the front of the house. And like multiple reviews said, like, this is a really great house, but if you bring your dog, make sure that it's not a dog that will run away because like we, our dog ran off the property and like we lost him and someone else that they lost their dog. So I was like, I don't want to lose my dog in Outer Banks. So we're just giving him to my parents.
1: Yeah, that's smart. I think if I read a yeah. bunch of reviews and my dog got lost, I'd be like, nope, yeah. <laughs> no thanks. Not oh. really
0: into that idea right now. Yeah. So, um, so yeah. That would not be a
1: very relaxing week.
0: <laughs> no, it would not. Losing the dog would make me very upset. So um, so that's what we're doing. I'm looking forward to that. How about you? What's going on with you? I know the Dodgers won. The Dodgers won.
1: Yes. They just won last night. So it's going to be airing a little bit after that. But uh yeah, it, I mean, I like the Dodgers. I'm like, if I was to pick up team, I'm a fan. I'm not like a huge sports person though, but yeah. Danny is. So Danny was like very excited yesterday. He kept wanting out. to go downtown after they won. And I was like, we're not going downtown. Like literally, <laughs> why Why would we do that? Like there's, I mean, people did like congregate. Sure, and sure. Whatever, you know, people do that kind of stuff. But
0: we I, we don't need to do that. I don't know why he thought we should do that. So yeah. Didn't happen, luckily.
1: <laughs> but I can um, imagine
0: that um like having that urge or, like if, you, if you've been a fan forever, like being like, This is my I wanna celebrate with my city, but like it's just like not like the time, unfortunately.
1: Yeah, it really isn't. So he did not go and celebrate with the city. Um he's very <laughs> upset because he really wants there to be a parade or something, and I was like, That it's COVID. There's not gonna be a parade. It's not gonna happen the lakers didn't have a parade i mean it's definitely a a weirdly good year for la sports i guess because yeah. the lakers and the dodgers but anyways yeah but he was very excited um i mean i'm excited it's been a long time it's been yeah 32 years since the dodgers brought it home so yeah that's awesome that'll be good yeah yeah so it's nice i'm hoping that uh they'll win again like maybe they just like broke you know how like sometimes when there's like a long streak of not winning it's like yeah almost harder to win so I'm hoping that this will have broke that and then we can actually celebrate in a few years but maybe they'll win again
0: yeah well that's a good idea I'm happy for Dan even though he didn't get to celebrate with his city and maybe they'll like I don't know. I feel like if it's been so long since the team like won a World Series, like maybe like whenever it's safe to do it, they'll do like uh, for anyone who wasn't able to make it like here's a celebration.
1: Maybe that would be nice. I mean, something would be nice, but it is what it is. And we yeah. ordered like hats and whatever Oh, stuff like you ordered like.
0: Like World Series hats. Like you weren't wearing hats yeah. to watch them. <laughs> no, no, okay. no. We we just ordered them last night. So I think that'll help him feel okay. better about it. <laughs> I got confused thinking that you were saying you like ordered hats to like celebrate the World Series like while you were watching it. And I was like, What kind of hats did you get? But okay, I understand, I understand I now. <laughs> we have
1: now purchased World Series like championship whatever that's cute. Hats and shirts and they actually have a bunch of face masks for sale, which I thought was hilarious. So we bought a bunch of those too. <laughs> That's really fun, yeah. That's yeah, exciting. so that was exciting yesterday. Um, trying to think what else. I mean, for the most part here, things are going as usual. So, yeah. <laughs> and, <laughs> and COVID fast paced. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I feel like this topic, this article, we're gonna start transitioning to that. Ooh. Um, well, just because I think it's kind of relevant to what I was about to say, I. I feel like the whole like wellness idea right now is very complicated. Um, Yeah. I know we've talked about this before, but it's just like, there's so much going on. You can feel so overwhelmed and stressed. And then I feel like there's like all these little things that just keep adding to it. It's like, there's COVID, then there's an election, then there's, you know, the Black Lives Matter movement um, picking back up a bit and like all these other things that were happening in the world. And then like personal stuff too, you know, like Nittany is... Like, I have to give Nittany, I don't think I've talked about this on the podcast yet, but she has diabetes now, and so I have to give her insulin shots twice a day, once in the morning, once at night, so it's just, like, a lot. I feel like my entire life now is just giving Nittany medicine, which obviously I'm happy to do because I want her to be here for as long as she can, but it's just, like, I feel like even more limited with stuff because even if I wanted to go somewhere, I can't go somewhere overnight easily without having, like... To make sure hundred percent, there's somebody that can actually give her insulin. Um, yeah. So it just kind of complicates things a bit. Anyways. So yeah, I feel like there's days where it's just like, ugh,
0: how is this all still happening right now? I know, and there's like random, like, um, I just, I, I just uh, went to the doctor, and it's not like I don't have it badly, but I have asthma now. And no. um and so like it was a weird time to like start developing asthmatic symptoms during COVID like all I was like am I what's happening to me I can't breathe um, but uh, it only is really when I'm like sleeping which I guess is common and I didn't know that That like I didn't know that either yeah like I it, it's bad when I lay down and when I first wake up and like if I take a nap or something like as I wake up from it I'm like I'm like wheezing and stuff so um, I got like an inhaler and all that kind of stuff but I'm like it feels like even little things like that are like more stressful because like even leading up to it, like normally I would be like, huh, I'm having trouble breathing or probably a good side effect of it is that I probably would have just been like traveling around whatever and being like, huh, feels like my breathing's weird. Oh, well, like I probably wouldn't have done anything about it. Um, but now I was like, I got to get this checked out, whatever. But it's even like, it was just like more stressful just thinking it could be something else, you know? So I think like, even for us that talks about wellness all the time, it's, difficult to always practice what you preach and try to like be like de-stressing and you know approaching things from like a balanced mindset and all that kind of stuff because there's so much going on so much happening in the world and um you know fortunately for us we have a lot of resources that we can pull on and a lot of things that we you know we've been having a great job like doing business during this time period which we neither of us expected that we would be getting a lot of new clients and things like that so like it's all good like you're saying but it's also like every like little thing feels like more of a thing and mm-hmm. I think that's just hard for everybody to manage how do you keep it all in check when you're feeling like you're starting from a deficit just based on like the year
1: Yeah I agree I think you're it's like everything just compounds on it more and more and more and like every tiny yeah. thing just feels bigger and then it's just I don't know there's this year is just cursed like every yeah I feel like there's just so many things that have happened that like you never would have expected in addition to this pandemic which none of us expected like yeah. like Danny's broken tooth like all those kinds of weird things like just things that just I don't know you developing yeah. asthma at 35 years old what is that I, know, I never heard so of that weird.
0: I know yeah they think it's DC they think it's like oh the area, like there's something in the air that I don't like. Oh, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. That's too bad. Well, I'm allergic to my home. My home. <laughs> um, but <laughs> that's OK. Um, but at least it's like, I don't know, I used my inhaler the other day and it seems like a little bit better. Maybe it's just like a placebo effect. I don't know. But I'm going with it. I feel like it was yeah. a little better. Well, I'm glad you're managing it at least. But yes, me too. Just like you're managing little Nitten Nene's health.
1: I know, my poor baby, but. Poor Nittany. Anyways, I'd love to hear more about the research though. So, what yeah. is happening in the research around wellness and COVID?
0: Yes. Okay. So, as we've been reviewing, like a few of on the podcast or people have been listening, this is one of those rapid review papers that came out in Journal of Applied Psychology where they were like, we need to know more about COVID very fast. So it went through like a quick review process and also the articles are shorter. So it's a little bit more to the point. Although I will say that the findings in this article take a little bit more unpacking. Um, but the article is called Socioeconomic Status and Well-Being During COVID, a Resource-Based Examination. And it's by... Wanberg, Sileg, Douglas, Zhao, and Pollard. And uh, basically, they take a look at socioeconomic status, which they're defining in two ways, your income and your education level, and how that impacts how people's depressive symptoms and life satisfaction changed from before to during the COVID-19 pandemic. And it's in a pretty large sample of um, about 1,100 adults from a representative Survey that's run by the Rand Corporation called the American Life Panel.
1: Interesting. Okay. So, what did they find? What are like the main things they found? I know there's a lot of unpack, so let's start doing it.
0: (laughs) Okay. So, what they were interested in was looking at SES, socioeconomic status. I'm just going to call it SES from now because it's so long to say. Um, They were interested in looking at SES because they wanted to better understand. Um, the resources and how resources that people have access to impact their well-being during times of crisis. So we've talked about this theory before, the conservation of resources theory. And this is the idea that in order to um, be able to get through challenges that are in your daily life, people have to acquire and sort of protect resources so that they can use them when they face challenging situations. So obviously COVID-19 is a very challenging situation um, and individuals that have higher personal resources banked should ostensibly um, do better um, in the well-being category. Um, and so, One set of hypotheses that they basically put out there is, yeah, if you're going into COVID with more resources, you're going to fare better. An alternative perspective on that is if you're going into COVID with more resources, you have more to lose. And maybe comparatively within yourself, the more you lose or the more you fear losing a bunch of stuff, the worse it will be. So they're sort of looking at socioeconomic status because it uh, sort of centers on this idea of how many resources are people coming in with? And it's sort of this interesting question of is having more resources important for sort of seeing you through this time period or are you more devastated because the loss potential is greater? Mm -hmm. I
1: could see it both ways. Like it makes sense to me both ways. If you have more to lose, you can feel like it's a much harsher uh, reality than people that are already struggling they don't feel like they're necessarily maybe they're not struggling that much more than they were already Um, yeah I also wonder well we'll see what the results are because I also wonder if there's some sort of factor around jobs that if Mm -hmm. you're in a lower socioeconomic status in theory the types of jobs you have would be more um, could potentially lend itself to things like grocery work where you mm-hmm. maybe are working more. If you're working in a warehouse, you actually are still well-employed. And then some, maybe some higher levels are seeing more layoffs in like jobs mm-hmm. that are not, quote, as essential. Yeah. Um. Anyways, those are my theories. I should probably that's stop a theorizing good point. and hear what happens. No, no. <laughs>
0: no, that's a good point. And that's actually uh, something to come is that they talked about potentially the types of job changes for individuals who have more resources might be... Um, different, right? So um, if I am an essential worker and I'm making less money, let's say, but um, my work schedule hasn't changed and, um, you know, I'm able to sort of keep a consistent, um, that consistency in my life, then perhaps that is allowing me to um, maintain some resources from like a mental resource perspective, like my job isn't changing, my schedule's not changing, um, but I might be more worried about uh, making ends meet if I do get laid off because I'd be less likely to have savings or something like that. So, um, but from a from a like a manager position, right in like a more white collar job. COVID changed the way people operated. So now you're like trying to figure out how to run a team virtually and you're trying to do things from afar and you're like trying to figure out your job like on the fly. And basically they were saying that that level of stress may not have existed in some other types of jobs that are not more representative of the sample of people who are in higher income category here. So, but if you got laid off, maybe you've accumulated more resources if that's less of a fear. So they were kind of coming into it. Like we don't really know. <laughs> okay. Yeah. That it could kind of go either way. And they were interested in, so they used this conservation of resources theory to basically frame up that socioeconomic status is linked to how many resources you have available to you. Um, Mm -hmm. And obviously, individuals with higher education and higher income would logically, and the research shows, have more resources and be better able to protect resources that they have. Um, And consistent with the conservation of resources theory, People with fewer resources tend to, and the research has shown in the past, that the fewer socioeconomic resources you have, the more depressed you tend to be and the lower your life satisfaction is in general. So we already know that that is the case. Um, but this is a specific instance where you're look, we're looking at how does a crisis change that. So you might be starting from a lower level of um Uh, life satisfaction or more depression, but how does a crisis impact you differentially depending upon the resources that you have from a socioeconomic perspective is what they're really looking at. Um, And they pair this with this idea of the theory of fundamental social causes, which basically says that socioeconomic status and equities and health are really, really, really linked. And they're linked because of these few things that they look at to try to explain the relationship between these resources and outcomes. So there are four things that they look at in that category. And I will give you a spoiler alert that like basically none of these things actually ended up mattering, which is kind of interesting. (laughs) Um, But the four are the extent to which you perceive having financial resources. So how much does my set of material resources match with what I want and need from a financial perspective. Um, We know that individuals in lower socioeconomic status groups worry more about finances and feel more overwhelmed by finances, but um, it may be the case that individuals of higher socioeconomic status come to um, understand their world in a different way, and it's all relative to the person. And so again, like maybe individuals who want more fear losing more as well so that was one the perceived financial resources i also wonder on
1: that one if there's so many things i just want to know like do they look at age things like that because i do wonder if a higher socioeconomic status but be having a ton of student debt um or other debt you know and we know that millennials and that generation just generally has more debt i wonder if there's something at play there too from a debt perspective yeah. that like your financial the way you feel about your finances could be just as stressed out as somebody in a lower socioeconomic status because you're already maybe living beyond your means even if your means are higher right
0: yep agreed and um and they also talked about that but like again like this idea of resource relativity that you know hey I might have more but if I'm living up to my means I'm still there's still a the same gap for me between like what I need and what I, what I have. And so it may not matter as much. Um, like a loss might still mean like I can't pay for things that I'm already indebted to pay. Mm -hmm. Um, so that's definitely something. The other, uh, was perceived control over life outcomes. So we talked about perceived control a lot. And socioeconomic status is related to lower levels of power in the research. And so uh, feeling like, you know, you're at the whim of somebody else. So I don't have a lot of control or influence over my environment. And generally, the research has showed that individuals with lower socioeconomic status have less control over their schedule, less control over their life constraints. And so um, this may account for uh, some, some of the well-being related effects that we might see in a crisis. Um, and I'll just give the third and fourth really quickly. Sure. The third is interpersonal resources, social support. So we've talked about that uh, before. Lower socioeconomic status, again, is related to smaller social networks and more social is- social isolation and loneliness. Um, and the last part is knowledge, possessing facts or information that allow you to accurately understand a topic. Um, and in this specific instance, they're looking at COVID-related knowledge. Um, and while... Mm some research has shown that lower socioeconomic status individuals have less health related knowledge. The study that they cite on that is 10 years old. So I'd be curious how social media has maybe changed some of the access or availability to health related knowledge um, and what is coming across people's feeds and what people can find and look up and follow, you know, all that kind of stuff. Um, So uh, they basically are looking at specific COVID-19 knowledge. So you might feel more, uh worried or upset and have more negative outcomes if you feel like you don't really understand what's going on.
1: Okay. So that one's a really interesting one to unpack because I'm also wondering how things have changed from I know we live in the what like post truth era, right? Like yeah. the whole fake news situation yes. debacle, if you yeah. will. So there's a lot yes. of um there's a lot of misinformation out there, too. Yeah. So I'm starting, and specifically about COVID. So right. I'm wondering if there's, like, if some of the reasons why they're not finding anything is because, like, it doesn't, depending on your political beliefs or the right. types of media you consume or the circles you're in, um, maybe socioeconomic like, static, Ugh. I'm just going to say SES too. I <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> that's It's kind of hard, hard
0: to say. I know.
1: <laughs> Maybe SES is related to if you're more likely to be on one side of the aisle than another or not. Sure. Um, but generally speaking, and I don't think, anyways, I don't know the answer to that. I haven't looked at the data recently about SES and all the different political spaces, but um, there's a lot of factors that go in there. But my point is that. It could depend on your circle as to what kind of information you're getting. So knowledge may not be fully as strongly related to SES in this era now because of the way people consume media. Because to your point, social media, what's coming on your feed, it could be incorrect or correct,
0: too. Yeah. Just because you're smart doesn't mean you don't have stuff on your feed saying COVID's a hoax. Um, so, (laughs) so that's true. Um, and actually, interestingly, the knowledge piece was one of the ones that worked a little bit better of the four. So we'll talk about that too. Um, so basically in the study, they looked at, okay, is socioeconomic status associated at all with these depressive symptoms or life satisfaction during the pandemic? Is it associated with these things because of perceived financial resources, perceived control, interpersonal resources, or COVID related knowledge? And then they also looked at the extent to which there was a larger increase in depressive symptoms or a larger decrease in life satisfaction from before to during COVID-19 for lower versus higher socioeconomic status individuals. And again, that's where they had these like competing hypotheses like, well, maybe it's the case that it will be larger for individuals who have higher socioeconomic status because they feel like there's more to lose, but maybe the change will be greater for people with lower socioeconomic status because they have more to worry about, right? Or like their needs are more um, acute.
1: Okay. So now I feel like we've talked about the different ideas. I really, really, really want to know what
0: happened. (laughs) Yes. Okay. So as I mentioned, they looked at this, um, pre-collected data set that the RAND Corporation collects, and I guess they collect it on a regular basis usually, um, and it's called the American Life Panel. I'm guessing that it's publicly available if anybody wants to use it. Um, I'm guessing that it's probably something that you could request uh, to use at some point. Um, But they looked at this at two time points, a before-COVID time point and a during-COVID time point. Mm -hmm. So they had data that had been collected by RAND just like randomly, like, hey, this is our normal survey. And then they had another panel that was collected during COVID. So they're able to look at um, time one and time two. So and as I mentioned before, they had like a fairly large sample. So, okay, what did they find? So first of all, um, it was demonstrated at a base level that um, depressive symptoms during COVID-19 overall across all groups Uh, so just when we collapse across all the groups, just in the data set, just to know as a baseline, depressive symptoms were higher and life satisfaction was lower once COVID hit compared to pre COVID. So basically, yeah, a takeaway here is people's well-being has gotten worse since COVID started and that's collapsed across the groups. And I think we could all have guessed that result. (laughs) Yes, exactly. Unfortunately, um, that is true. Um, So what they found in terms of how um, socioeconomic status impacted, they found that education had a positive effect on depressive symptoms during COVID-19 and a negative effect on life satisfaction. So the more educated you were, the worse off you were um, in terms of depression and life satisfaction during COVID. Um, However, income... Just at a base level, not with regard to change, but just at a base level, the higher income you were, the less depressed you were and the more positive you were about life. So income kind of worked the way they thought it would at a base level, but education seemed to have this opposite effect that they had um, thought about, that people with higher education actually tended to have worse outcomes.
1: That's, I'm trying to like think of why that would be. Yeah. Uh... I I mean, I do think there is something to be said about watching the news during this time. And I wonder if people that, you know, have a higher education may have a job that maybe allows them to consume more of that media. Yeah. I don't yeah. know. I'm just making up theories now. But that's just like something I was thinking about. It's like maybe it's a media consumption thing. Maybe if you're... Um, lower in SES, maybe your education's lower, maybe the type of job you're doing, you're actually working more hours or, you know, you don't have the same kind of luxury to sit and watch the news or whatever in the same way. Maybe that's, maybe that's part of it. I don't know.
0: Yeah. So, um, they, Found that education was positively related to COVID-related knowledge. So people with higher education did know more. Um, But they didn't find that COVID-related knowledge actually accounted for the difference between education, depressive symptoms, and life satisfaction. So that was something they tested. And I was surprised to see that too. Um, One thing that they talked about was that perhaps people with a higher level of education um, felt like the jobs they were in were more niche. And so like, if they got laid off or if they were worried about that, that they might feel like, oh, how am I going to find a job that's going to be the same as the job that I have, which seems a little counterintuitive. Like, I don't know that that's quite the right explanation. But that's one of the things that they um, put out there was that maybe when you have a higher level of education and you're concerned about what this means for your job, that individuals with higher education might feel like they want to find a similar job to the one that they're in and they're not sure that they'll be able to.
1: I find that funny that it's coming from like I/O psychologists writing that because I we do have very niche jobs. So I yes, do think that's that true. might be true for our field, but I don't know if that's true true across for everybody. The board of education. Right. Yeah.
0: Right. And I should also mention that the when they're talking about high levels of education, they're talking about a bachelor's degree here um is like a higher level of education. So um the folks that wrote this paper would be like in another part of the chart which I will talk a little bit about. Um Okay. So they're even like further into a different field than uh, what is even considered high education within this sample. Um, so I think that this is just kind of like preliminary; like we're not really sure. But it seems that if you are a higher level of education, you're doing worse during COVID um, in terms of your well-being compared to those who weren't. If you're a higher level of income, you're doing a little bit better. However, when we look at the change-related pieces. Um, of what happened when individuals actually uh, pre and post who changed the most. Um, the interesting thing is that individuals with higher versus lower education reported a larger increase in depressive symptoms and a larger decrease in life satisfaction. Um, and income did not have um, significant total effects on change. So it doesn't seem like income is mattering, but education is, hmm. um, which is kind of interesting. That is really um, interesting. Yes, um, and so uh, there are uh, there are a couple of things uh, going on here that are a little bit complicated that we won't get into. But the basic takeaway is that education seems to be emerging as something that's really um, important here, and income, uh, while income boosts your overall outcomes. Um, It's not really related to the amount of change that you experience, but education both has a negative impact or higher education both has a negative impact on your outcomes and then also has a more, uh, a bigger change associated with it than the change that you would experience if you had lower level of education. So bigger change in the wrong direction. Exactly. Correct. Yes. And everybody got worse. It's just like you got more worse (laughs) (laughs) if you were a higher level of education.
1: That's so fascinating. So I do wonder if it's some of what we talked about before with the types of jobs that and the, the way the jobs have changed. Um, I mean, I know a lot of, like, kind of entry-level roles and, like, restaurant roles and retail roles. There have been changes and, you know, a lot of those – some of those positions were rem- eliminated in a lot of places. But I do think that the, the positions that remained – so if you're cooking – in a restaurant for takeout that hasn't changed that maybe it hasn't changed as dramatically so I wonder if it is that change factor that you were talking about
0: yeah and they um they also uh, looked at whether some of this was accounted for by job loss and it wasn't so there's something about um like even just like fearing losing a job or the job changes that were happening something like that so I think you're right it's like in the realm of what has changed potentially about my position. Um and just so you know because I mentioned those mediators, those four things that we talked about, didn't really matter that much. Um education was positively related to covid related knowledge as I said, but it didn't account for the relationship between education and depressive symptoms and life satisfaction and then nothing else worked for education in terms of what explains why. So this is also why they're like a little bit at a loss. <laughs> they're like we don't really know. Um with regard to income, people had higher perceived financial resources, higher perceived control, and higher higher interpersonal resources and higher COVID-related news consumption. Um, and all of those things mediated the relationship between income and depressive symptoms and life satisfaction. So um, while income um and change didn't really work, income does have this like main effect of boosting your well-being. And it's explained by you have more perceived financial resources, more perceived control. So it seems like your income generally does good things for you. Um, so higher income, good things, but higher education, not as great things, which is um, sort of interesting.
1: That is interesting because I wonder, well, I mean, income doesn't necessarily relate to education. Sometimes it does, but not always. And I wonder if there's an age factor. I'm going to go back to the age thing again. Do yeah. they look at age at all or do they not have that?
0: They had age. Um, I don't i i think age correlated with almost everything um i but like very small like very very small so like Mm -hmm. i'm looking at it right now so it was like correlated negative 0.01 with depressive symptoms and positive 0.01 so like really only one percent of your depressive symptoms is described is captured by age basically so like you're you know, you're a little less depressed the older you are and you're a little bit more happy the older you are. But like it's not a – it didn't seem to be a main factor in the model. But what about with income? Like is age yeah. related to income? Age is related to income. Um, That is in the table somewhere. Um, Yes, it is, but not as highly as you would think it would be.
1: Hmm. Okay, that's Probably just um, because
0: it's a representative sample, maybe. Sample,
1: yeah. Yeah. I, I guess we're all at a loss then, because I'm just like trying yeah. to think of different theories as to what it could be, why this happened. That's so fascinating. I think it'll be really interesting to see if someone can unpack this at some point and try to understand why education is having this really negative impact. Um, yeah. I mean, there's really no good takeaways on that for people. Yeah. It's like, yeah. take away
0: your degrees, rip them up. <laughs> Yeah, they gave, they gave some explanations. Like I was um, saying, basically, they said, you know, we need more insights. So just what you said, we need other people to unpack. Why might this be the case? Some things that they looked at was that they, do- they didn't measure any increases in work responsibilities. And so one is that like maybe people with higher education have to take on all these new responsibilities because they have to figure out how to lead their business units or their teams through staffing changes or maybe they're responsible for laying people off or telling people they're going to get a pay cut and so maybe they're feeling really stressed about that um uh another example that they gave was that educational attainment is a really strong predictor of how much money you have in stocks and that maybe there was a lot of stress of money lost in the stock market that's not being captured in the income variable Hmm. um i don't know about that i mean i i we have PhDs and I don't really have that much money in the stock market. So I would be an outlier (laughs) in that explanation, but, um, but yeah, so I think that, uh, they, they put those kind of two ideas out there. Um, and with regard to the larger change, they basically were saying that, um, you know, it's possible that, um, you know, combined looking at SES as education and income, the change that you experience may be due to the fact that, you know, you um, you have some things to lose. And so maybe people with higher education are kind of clinging to, uh, you know, I, I want a job that is similar to this job or I'm nervous. I'm not going to be able to find the niche like we discussed. But those are just all, because none of the mediators worked, it's all just like, we'll see. But it's kind of an interesting finding.
1: Yeah, well, there's all theories at this point. So the only real nugget of truth that we can pull out of this is that education is making COVID worse on your well being. Yeah. Um. So I <laughs> this is not a good question at all, but I'm gonna ask it anyways. Yeah. Or thought, I guess. Uh what about those people that are going back to school during COVID? <laughs> yeah. <that's laughs> like there's true. I feel like there's a lot of people that are maybe it's maybe I'm wrong. Because I feel like I've seen actually two different stats. So I think there's people going into masters programs right now. But I have seen stats that people going into bachelor's programs has decreased.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I think probably, although I'm not sure about this, this is like, I'm just totally making this up, but it might be different if you're in the process of attaining an educational degree, because you might view COVID time as a time where you're like making gains. So like- that may not have the same if you're like in advancing your education during this time period the time period may be serving a different purpose for you than if you already have that level of education and you're looking at COVID as like a disruptor to what you're already doing
1: yeah I think you're probably right I'm sure that there's something to do with having the education already and being in the workforce that that's unique um, yeah versus going through and getting your degree right now but yeah
0: and I'll add just like a couple other things just to like wrap up the findings so like we're, everything's transparent um they also talked about how as as we uh mentioned before that we need more long-term studies of this because it could be that um individuals for example like of lower income let's say right now are faring um you know in terms of the change uh variable like right now maybe people are faring okay but the long-term losses or uh how does that snowball into long-term well-being or maybe like if you're an essential worker and you're not making a lot of money and you don't even have time to think about like what your you know you're not even it's not even registering to you what your life satisfaction is or your depression is right now because like you're you've just been like going 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 and maybe there's like compartmentalization that's happening there or something like that. So um these are, you know, in the midst of COVID, how are you feeling? it would be interesting to see how these things play out in the long term, especially if people are, you know, working longer hours, physical labor, being exposed to COVID potentially, like what are the impacts of those things in the long term on people's well-being that are not being captured when people are just sort of in the midst of it? That's actually a
1: really, really good point because if this just was published, that means the data is even earlier in the COVID experience, right? Yeah, it was from April. Yeah, so if it's from April... Let's think about your responses in April, right? It's only been closed for a short period of time. Maybe you've been furloughed, not laid off. So there's that component. We, uh, Was it in April that we got like the stimulus check from the government? Yeah, was it April? I think so. So like for some people, that may have been more money than they've gotten in a long time. Mm-hmm. So there's something there. And then now we haven't had stimulus checks in a very long time or yeah. any kind of additional help necessarily like even unemployment that additional unemployment benefit I think is gone um so I think that there might be some other factors too that buffered some of the issues right at the beginning and now that that those supports and help are going away or aren't here anymore maybe if we looked today it would already look different
0: yeah totally I think that that's a hundred percent accurate. And so they mention, you know, we need a lot more here to try to understand what this is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this
1: is so interesting. It, it is interesting to do these articles and to talk about these concepts and thoughts. And hopefully for everybody listening, it's interesting since there's obviously not a clear takeaway, but I think it's a, it's important to kind of keep ourselves thinking about what's going on around us in this current environment and as we were talking about earlier we're talking about a personal experience we probably need to be just generous and kind to each other as we're all dealing and coping with with these issues Um, as you mentioned all the depressive symptoms increased regardless it was just that education made it worse so everyone's dealing with it regardless of where you stand so I think it's important to just treat each other well as well as we can with everything happening
0: yeah. Everyone is, you know, not doing better. Everyone's doing worse. So being kind to everyone. And I think also not necessarily assuming that people who have more education um, are necessarily like the most, you know, well-educated people on your team. And that correlates with position. Right. So um, are just like they're probably fine. Right. And and that's not to say to discount, um, you know, uh, lower educated workers. That's to say everybody um should be paid attention to during this time period because just because someone has more resources doesn't mean that they're doing better. Mm-hmm.
1: Well, thank you so much for sharing this. This is super interesting. I am excited to revisit this topic when new research comes out in the future so we can see what plays out. But yeah, me I think too. this is a great a great start in this me too research endeavor. <laughs> I agree. I agree. Well, thank you everybody for listening. Really appreciate it. Um, Love to hear your thoughts, questions, concerns. Maybe you have better theories than us around why this is the case with education. Let us know. Email us at contact at workerbeing.com. You can find us on our website, workerbeing.com. And you can also find us on social at workerbeing on LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Thanks for listening. The Worker Being podcast is hosted by us, Patricia Grabarek
0: and Katina Sawyer and produced by Allie Johnson.